praise him, give him in the tens. It's basically, shall have no other gods before me. Shall not make any idols that you worship before him. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We're to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We're to honor our father and our mother. You shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, and shall not covet. Now, in these commandments, we see some priorities. And, and since we just had our uh, couples retreat, and uh, I had mentioned to them that I was going to speak a little bit about the family, and the Lord kind of directed my mind this way on this. But uh, when I'm going to take this passage of Scripture, we're going to look at a little bit at the priority of the family to God. And I believe we find it right here uh, begins to be laid out in his commandments. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless here t- today. Lord, I, uh, as it is kind of the, almost a cycle of a, of, of a man, I, Lord, uh, some days uh, I'm very strong. Some days my head is very clear. And some days I feel a little bit more weary, a little bit more tired. And Father, uh, that's one of those days. I'll ask you to then uh, that much more, Spirit of God, I need your presence. Holy Spirit, I need your guidance and direction. Lord, I, I thank you as I spoke this morning. I thank you for the weakness. For in the weakness is when you show yourself strong. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would wrap your arms around this place here tonight. Everyone in it that you would put a mighty hedge of protection around us. And, Lord, I bind Satan from this place and keep him away from here that he had not steal away the truth and not try to bring any confusion of mind the spirit of god please uh, guide us direct us help us to learn to grow to be more like thee please in jesus name amen you know we had a uh i thought just a, it was a wonderful relaxed kind of a, a couple's retreat um there's some things that I, that I would change not about the couple's retreat there's some things that i would change about the preparation for it in the sense of um, you know, I don't want anybody to, to miss next year. I, I really, uh, I, I've already in my mind, my heart's mind, you know, started to plan for it. And, and, uh, and I want to try to do whatever I can for us to start to, you know, maybe set up some account to start setting money aside uh, for it. It shouldn't be any more than it was this year. But, you know, try to do that. Try to make, some, you know, have, maybe we can have some adult fundraisers, you know. Uh, and so do something. Um, but uh, we ought to be able to do something to just get everybody there, amen, that everybody uh, to, to be there, every couple. So uh, I would love to have that. Um, we, while we were there, we were at P- Pickwick, and it's, it's really, really beautiful. It really was. And uh, just one, one of the days was incredible, uh, just the sunshine and nice and weather was nice. And then Saturday morning got up, and it was, it was a rainy day, but the fog was coming in. And it was, really was. It was just beautiful across the lake. And, and so uh, very, very, very nice. We had uh, Mike and, and Brooke, and Joe Beth also spoke, but Mike and Brooke and Joe Beth, they, they all did a fabulous job in, their, in the times that they spoke the, uh, to the ladies and to the men and to everybody. Just God really blessed. We just had a, had a great time. Now, I found out that we can have a bonfire next year. That's exciting. Uh, so I've got my plan that Friday night we're going to start. Uh, so you better start uh, planning to get there and get there early because we're going to, have a have a bonfire and and uh, the best.
place to go eat. We're going we're gonna to grill out steaks right there. And so, um, so you better be raising money for those steaks, amen? And, uh, but uh, I think, that, you know, that would be really nice right there on the lake to have a bonfire and to cook out, and that, that would be, that'd be romantic or something, you know? So, but now, the, uh, it was just a great time, but as I, as I was thinking about it, I started thinking about the, the, the family, the marriage, uh, you know, what's God think about all this? And, and so it was brought me to, strangely enough, the Ten Commandments uh, to see what God thinks about it. And in these commandments, I think, though, we see the priorities of God. The first four commandments deal with God and our relationship and our worship of Him. Uh, they're just very plainly about, okay, God says, look, you know, let's start it off right. <laughs> this is about me. Right. You know, that's what He says. It's all about Him and, 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 uh, and what we should keep, how we should keep our focus on Him. It's clear that above all else, we must believe and trust and worship in God. And that's what those first four commandments are about. Then the fifth commandment and the seventh commandment uh, deal directly with marriage and the family relationships. Uh, they, I mean, it's real, real clear what they're about. You honor your father and your mother, and you don't commit adultery. I mean, that's talking about the family. That's talking about marriage. That's talking about God. God already, in the, in the Big Ten, folks, God said, you know what? Marriage and family are important. It's important to God. And so the others, I believe, deal with our relationship. Listen to this, our relationship with God's family. And so all these, but here's the thing, all these commandments and all these relationships, they're non-negotiable. They're, they, they, this is not something to debate. God just said, he just said, here it is. Now it's up to you to just live it and obey it. And of course, you know, I don't know there's any of us that we keep all the commandments all through. We, we, we violate, we sin. I'm not saying that, but, but it ought to be in our heart's desire to, to obey these things. But at least tonight we ought to realize how important these priorities are to God. That, and, and if you just take out of uh, two out of ten, deal directly with the home. And so... Uh, I just want to talk about that a little bit, a bit tonight. Je- Jesus also helps us further prioritize about these commandments when he says this. If you want to look at Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, we're going we're gonna to hit some things a little bit unique and some areas that kind of uh, bring, may bring a little bit of confusion at first, but I don't think they are at all. But Luke chapter 14, look at verse 25, verse 25. It says this, verse 25 and 26, is there, he says, there went... Uh, uh, and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my, my disciple. Now, you'd think that from that, that, that Jesus wasn't too much about the family. Uh, you know, you, you look at that and say, well, the family must not be too important because he said, you know, you can't even come to him unless you hate your family. Now, this is not contradictory at all. I think this is really setting up the whole thing here for us. It, it's, it's simply saying that when your physical family, listen to this now, when your physical family is in contradiction with God, then we must choose God rather than our physical family. You know, when we think of the family, we almost always think about our little nucleus, you know, you know me, my wife, and my, and my children. 
But the, but the family is extended much more than that. And, and we, we, had to, we had to live and work with the family and deal with the family. But here's the thing. Okay, just the illustration. When, when in 1982, when, I, when God called me and touched me on a Sunday night, just like tonight, and wasn't nearly as many people in that church service that night in January of 1982, when God called me to go to Bible college, my, my family did not, did not want me to go. Not my wife. Not my children. They weren't, my children weren't old enough to make a decision about or even know what was going on. Uh, my wife, being the woman that she is, following the leader that I am, I never asked her. And so, I didn't want to know. And so, but, but my mom and dad, they did not want us to go. But they weren't headed the same direction in their life that we were headed for God. And so at that point, we had to make a decision. I had to make a decision to follow God. And so that's really what he's saying. It has to be. Now listen, it has to be that way. For if your physical family has Christ as a priority, listen, then there's no decision to be made because you're both going the same direction. You understand? You don't, it, there's no issue about you have to leave them or hate them because you don't leave them because they're going with you. Does this make sense to you? And so it's really clear that it's just when they're in contradiction. And it doesn't mean that they're evil or wicked. I, you know, that wasn't my mom and dad, but they just didn't see the same things that God had for our lives as we did. Now, Jesus continued to clarify. We go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. You know, I was trying to figure out why. I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble seeing tonight, but I know what it was. We went to the Chinese restaurant, and I think my eyes are slanted. And so, that was a great pun, wasn't it? That's why my daughter bought me for Christmas that the, the shirt that says, these puns are armed and dadly. And so, all right. They, now, here we go. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. Look at verse 46. It says, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him uh, that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Again, uh, this, this might, of course, we're talking about Jesus here, and, and of course, Jesus didn't have an earthly father, and so there's a, there is some difference in, in his thinking and, and direction on the family, but I, but I think this is not nearly, again, those who are believers in, in the church are also part of the family. Do you understand that we are a family here? Amen. Do you understand the early church was a family? That's, that's what the church was. The early church was a family. It, it was constituted a family. And, 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 but what we are, when Christ, I believe, is saying here, he's saying, do you understand? Yes, you have your immediate 
physical family. But do you understand, as a child of God, join in with Christ, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a family. And, you know, that's been the joy of, of, of coming to Calvary is it's been so enjoyable, so relaxing, so refreshing to just walk in and feel like we're just a family. It's just a great big family. And, and, and I love that. I really do. And, and that because that's what God wants. Those who are believers in the church and also uh, are also part of the family. The key is to putting these two passages together is that the, the physical family should make the church family a priority. Listen, the physical family is a priority to God. We already saw that. God said immediately that the, the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, number five and number seven, they weren't to the church family. They were directly to an individual family. You know, you would honor your, your parents. You honor your mother and your father. That's directly to my individual family. Uh, do not commit adultery. That's to me and my wife uh, right there. We're not supposed to commit adultery. That's to us. That's directly to us. But, but listen, when you, when you look at these, uh, these two passages, the physical family should make the f- church family a priority and keep it so, listen, so long as the church family seeks to follow Christ. Amen. You know that, that not all the churches are seeking to follow Christ. And so we so long as Calvary seeks to follow Christ, my family should make this family a priority. Does this make sense? You know, so much confusion over uh, is, you know, do we put my family first? Do we put the church first? Do we put the Lord first? You know, look, you always put God first. You, you, no, you don't put him first. He is, he's every position, okay? I mean, he's, out, he's all in all, so there's no, there's no rank for, for God. But, but the fact is, is that the truth is, is that, yes, God said that my individual family is crucial. But he said also, you have to understand that you need to make a priority God's family. Now, we're going somewhere, I hope. Um, we also, though, we also have. So, uh, I'm sorry. Wherefore, we have a responsibility to God's family. We also have individual responsibility to our individual family. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now, this is not just talking about, you know, providing finances or food. This is providing everything. This is providing fellowship. This is providing love. This is providing all, everything that our, our family needs emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And if I don't do it, God says you're worth, worse than an infidel. And that's talking about the individual family. So God puts a lot of stock in the individual family. He has a lot of priority. Jesus has the individual family is a great priority. Now, the scripture also says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, a very familiar verse, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them, talking about the law of the Lord, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou, risest, uh, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now, children are to believe and trust in God. Children are to honor their parents. We've seen this already because that's the Ten Commandments. They're to believe in God. They're to worship no other God. Uh, They're to honor 
their parents. The parents are supposed to teach the children to believe in God and to honor their parents. Now, and of course, this is, this is not limited. There's so much more, but that leads us, you know, if we're, these things again, and I'm, I'm really, my mind is so cloudy, but we talked about this already. Uh, you know, we mentioned this the other day. Mike and I were talking about it. It is amazing how many times when, I'm not saying this is going to happen this time, but when you absolutely look like a totally stumbling, bumbling, confused fool that God actually uses it. And so, um, but, okay, I'm just moving to the next point. It's prioritizing our priorities. This is what I'm going to try to get to. Prioritizing our priorities. Because the family's a priority, my individual family. The church family, God's family, is a priority. Now, how do I make this all work together? Here's, here's what I want to do. Number one, make God first and everything all the time. God is always not only on our top priority, but he's our only priority. Now, that's going to sound a little strange, but God's everything. Now, if God is right in our lives, then the rest of it's going to fall into place. And the reason I'm saying this, the family comes first in our responsibility to reach others for Christ and the kingdom of God. My individual family is the first place that I should be winning people. You understand? The first place, that's my, my priority, is to my, my family. I, that should be the first one that I, I reach. The priority of reaching people for Christ begins with each of our individual families. And, of course, it doesn't stop there, but it should always begin there. I'm thrilled that when I got saved, the first person that I led to Christ was my mom. I, I'm thrilled. Now, I wish I'd led somebody else to Christ or led other people to Christ, but, I'm, but I know the first people that I became concerned about was my mom and daddy. Now, I believe it's supposed to be that way. I believe that God says, look, that's your priority. That family is your priority. Now, why I'm trying to make this so important is I've known many a soul winner, and Joe Bethel will verify this. We've, we've known them and worked with them. But I've known many a soul winner who has witnessed and won many a stranger but never even attempted to witness to his family. I've seen way too many leaders and workers in Christianity give incredible, almost endless effort to reach others while their family crumbles around them. And that's why God, I believe God, he started this whole thing off. He, he made it clear that the individual family is vital. How you, how you treat each other and how we honor each other and how we serve each other is vital. So, it's not God's plan that we reach the world while our family goes to hell. That's not God's plan. We need to be reaching our family. We need to be reaching our individual family. Now, the individual family, though, while we have this in our minds, the individual family should not forsake the church family. But the church family still does not supersede the individual family. I know this is, all, it, it, this is confusing, maybe, but, 
God is saying that they're, they're both a priority, and if we keep each the right priority, then they actually gel together because we're all moving in the same direction. So, again, if they're both serving and seeking Christ, they will be traveling together rather than traveling in conflict. Now, then there's, okay, what brings us to step number two, what we need, how are we going to make all this work? It's, it's called time. Time, the time issue is what I call it. Nothing and no one is truly a priority if time is not given to them. Okay, so uh, in this, we're thinking about, I'm trying to parallel or trying to gel these two things, the family and the church family that both obviously was very important to Jesus because God, Jesus, said that the family all through Scripture is very important. We're supposed to, to provide for our family. We're supposed to teach our family. We're supposed to uh, uh, honor our family. We're supposed to do all kinds of things for the family. But while we do that, he also looked at them and said, no, wait a minute. Do you know who my family is? It's everybody that follows God out here, that, that loves me and follows God. And so He's trying to emphasize to us, yes, your individual family is a priority. But he said, but you need to also realize that these people are your family. Watch this, folks. These are the people. Every saved person in this room, if you understand this, we're going to be spending eternity as a family. Did you know that? We're all family. Brother Felton and I, we're, hey, we may be, you know, brothers of a different mother, but we are family. Amen. 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 When you get to heaven, it's all one. Now, time. If a husband and a wife are to keep a sweet relationship with each other, they've got to spend time together. That's why we have a couples retreat. Because we, you know, every once in a while, we just have to force ourselves to shut everything down. I had my, I had about probably 200 couples or so. I mean, not 200 couples, but about 200 people, uh, about 100 couples maybe in my Sunday school class. And I got up and said, we're going to have a couples retreat. Man, the sign up was just slow, you know, just 10 or 12 couples, 15 couples. And so I got up one day and I, I said, okay, you know, uh, listen, fellas. How many, you know, because it was about, I think it was about $185 or something for us to go. And I said, um, okay, fellas, how many of you like to go hunting? And a whole bunch of them raised their hand. I said, uh, and let's see, now let's see, to get your license is this, I had it already figured out, get your license this much, and you know, and a gun costs this much, and the shells cost this much, and your hunting gear costs this much. And, and I said, and all of you must love that deer more than you do your wife. We had about 70 couples sign up. So, you know, we got to spend time together. Somewhat, you know, every once in a while, you just got to shut her down. Not your wife. You just, <laughs> that'll work too. But every once in a while, you just got to shut it all down and spend some time together. Amen? Now, if we were to train our children and keep a right relationship with our children, then we got to spend time with them. I mean, you just have to. There's no other way to do this. People, you know, I used to hear all the time as an excuse from, from men that, you know, they, because they were never with their family, they say it's quality time, not quantity time. And I, let me help you, folks. That's hogwash. 
It's a quantity of quality time. You got to spend time with them. Now, in the same way, the answer is to set aside time. Decide that there will be a time set aside uh, for your family, for your, amen, for your wife. There will be time set aside for your children. There will be time set aside for, for them. And that you won't let that be violated. You'll really fight to keep that time uh, there for them. Uh, to make your family a priority, listen, you need to spend time with them. And this must be quantity and quality time. Now, some families struggle. Watch this now. Struggle because they're never together. Other families struggle being together because they can't focus on each other. And, and, and this day and age, is getting, it's getting horrible. But the TV, the phone, the internet, all those things, you may have time together, but you don't even know you're together. You see it at every restaurant you go to. You know, mom and dad and a couple of kids, and, and everybody's on their phone. Nobody even knows anybody else is there. But we all went out to eat together. We spent some time together. No, we didn't. Didn't spend any time at all together. Now, now, all of this ties in, though. This also applies to the family of God. If we're going to have the right relationship, we've got to be together. Now, watch this. We've got to spend time. So, if... if um, you know, when we have the, the ladies' meeting or when we have the prayer meeting or when we have a, you know, meal uh, here, dinner on the grounds kind of thing, when we have some kind of little activity, you know, you, everybody can't go to everything, but you ought to try to go to what you can go to. For, you say, well, I just don't enjoy that, but, but somebody else might enjoy you. You know, and you need to spend time with the family. You need to be with the family, and, it, and it's just, it's vital. All this parallels, but, but also, when you come to be together, focus on each other. Hey, when you come to a service, be thinking about the service. You know, if I could just right now go through and say, what are you thinking about right now, Colby? <laughs> what are you thinking about right now? You know, the, the truth is, is that every man knows this. Your wife doesn't just want conversation. She wants your attention. Don't be nodding your head at me. <laughs> she wants your attention. She wants your focus, like the, like the little guys that, you know, when you, you, they're trying to talk to you. And it's amazing. You know, we always get on there. Why do you have to ask me 27 times? Because it took 26 of them before you heard them. <laughs> Man, I'm getting just really used to this again. <laughs> David. <laughs> I want some milk. 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 Can I have a cup of milk? I want some milk. I want some milk. Hey, kid, you're going to get drowned in milk here in a minute. <laughs> and if one of them asks for milk, away. Everybody's got to have some. Don't be thinking that somebody's going to get something one of them doesn't get. 
But, you know, it, so many times church is just like, we're almost like a, a family gathering, you know, with a teenager with his phone and everybody else is there socializing and he's over there. And sometimes at church, folks, hey, talk to somebody before you leave. Now, this church is really, really good about that already. You say, why do you preach these things then? Because, because these are precautionary. These are, you know, preventative kind of things. We just always got to remember that, you know, whatever you are, you got there somehow. And, and you don't want to stop being what you were. And so you need to, to continue to just enjoy each other because this is your family. That's our granddaddy. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> now we just, we really, it needs to be that. It needs to feel that way. I, you know, okay, forgive me, but every once in a while, you know, I, I, I did it this, this morning uh, to, to one of our ladies, Miss Amy, you know, she was here, and, 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 and I was just thrilled. She, she hadn't been here a while and came last week. She was here this week, and, and, and I don't even know why I did it, but I just turned around, and I saw her, and I just grabbed and said, Mama! <laughs> you know what? Because I just feel like it's Mama! Because she loves to like, my mama always smiled, always encouraged me, always. And I just feel like that's what Ms. Amy does. She just encourages my heart and my spirit. You know what? Because this really is a family. Amen. 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 I love you. God bless you. All right. Now, so true focus, though, if we'll focus on each other, that focus leads to fellowship. And so when we get here, we need to focus on what's going on. We need to focus on participating in what's going on, and we need to focus on each other in conversation and everything else. And, and we need to just, you ought to know something about somebody else, something new, and know somebody new before you leave. Now, that means that we need to pray for our family, our church family, our home, our, our uh, boy, I'm really struggling tonight. We just need, we need to pray for each other. We need to, to listen to each other. We need to laugh together. We need to enjoy each other. Um, you know, we, we need to, to enjoy, folks, enjoy your Sunday school. Amen. Now, if you're of this new generation, let me just help you. It's our small group. Okay, uh, it's the original small group, okay? <laughs> like, what you call it makes it different. But it's, it's a place you just really get, get to Sunday school early. Get you, we got coffee everywhere. I mean, every place has coffee. So we got coffee everywhere. We got, you know, you can probably, if your Sunday school doesn't have food, you can probably steal it from somebody else's. And just get there early and sit and talk and enjoy. I mean, if you don't get anything else out of Brother Hopper's class, just at least enjoy the fellowship. And so, 
Uh, all right, I've just got a couple more things because I'm so confused. I'm just give you a couple more points here. But you, and I've said this different times to the men, but your family needs to take priority over your work. Um, my daddy hung drywall for almost 40 years. Now, I asked him, I said, Dad, why did you hang drywall? We, weren't, we didn't grow up Christian. I, I led Dad and Mom both to Christ. Now, we were probably more Christian than a lot of Christians because we lived by Christian principles, but we weren't saved. But he, he did for about 40 years. One day, I asked Dad, I said, Dad, why, why in the world? Because you know, I went to work with him. You know, I was about 14. I went to work with him hanging that drywall and finishing and sanding and doing all that. And I said, I, I came wa- away from there all dirty. And I said, Dad, why in the world do you like doing this? And my dad answered in words that I cannot express right now, but <laughs> because he, he explained to me that he hated it. And I said, well, why do you do it? And he looked at me and expressed some more words and, and s- said, son, do you like to eat? And I said, yeah. And he said, this is the way, the only way that I know how to put food on the table for you. Now, dad didn't take the job that was he, he wanted or he would have chosen. He would have just been a farmer. But he did what he felt was best for the family. You know, I, I, I gave this illustration many times, but, you know, it may mean that we have to rethink some of our priorities in where we're going in our career, whatever. Men can get really focused on success. And we need to get focused on that which will be eternal. And the eternal are the souls of our children. The eternal is the relationship that, that my wife and her and our relationship. So I, I think if you a family needs to take precedence over. If your job is damaging your family, you need to adjust your job situation. Um, if your family is damaging your church family relationship, you need to adjust it. You just do. Now, one last thing, and I think I'll, I'll, I'll be done here. Um, our families, if we're going to have the right relationship, and I'm trying to parallel this between the church and our, our families, we need to, our families need to be principle-driven families, not rule-driven families. We need to be principle-driven families. Your home should be based on biblical principles, not driven by rules. Now, this is... Of course, the, the rules, the principles are going to be very similar. They might even be exactly the same. It's not that they change, but the rules-driven home creates rebellion. The principle-driven home creates relationships. And it's how we present them that's so important. That needs to be the same thing in the church, in the church family. 
You say, well, why are you telling all of us? Isn't that up to you know, leadership? No, everybody in here is going to have at some point, maybe er almost every Sunday, somebody's going to have an opportunity to influence somebody in here, maybe a new somebody, but somebody in here, uh, they're going to influence them. And when they walk away, they're going to believe this church is either a rule-driven church or a principle-driven church. And we need to be a church family that's principle-driven. As I said for so long, I, I tried my best. We, were, we weren't trying to enforce rules. We were trying to give principles to our children that would give them a better life. Because that's what they do. God gave us a way to have a wonderful life. Now, finally, make the family fun. I heard this while we were rearing our kids. I heard this all the time that your home ought to be the place that all the other kids want to come. And you know what? That's what I, we, we wanted it to be. And, and honestly, it turned out that way to be. I think it still must be because everybody still lives in our house. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the home ought to be fun. It ought to be enjoyable. It ought to be the, the, the place that, that uh, when you walk into it, it's not, oh, my, i got to endure it. No, it's, you know, look, we're going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. I, I enjoy this. That's the home. And, and, folks, that's what I try to do and what I want us to do here at Calvary Baptist. When I walk in, the people walk in. If you walk in weary, you'll walk out feeling better. Because laughter doeth good like a medicine. And you say, oh, I think you ought to be more serious. Hey, I got plenty of things to be serious about, enough that will just beat me up. You know what? Every once in a while, the family needs to get together and enjoy each other and laugh. Amen? We just need it. Don't you feel better when you just smile every once in a while? Try it one time. Just once. While I'm speaking, smile at me. And you do, you're like, yeah, I think you're a fool. All right, <laughs> loosen up your face. Listen, I'm going to close this with this tear-jerking invitation. Bubba went to the pastor, and he said, Pastor, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor went to him and put his hands on both his ears. And he prayed, dear God, bless Bubba's hearing. He stopped and he said, Bubba, did it help? And Bubba said, I don't know. My hearing ain't till next Tuesday. <laughs> come on, it's going to come. Slow wave here. Slow wave. And that would be Bubba, amen? Seems like the Bubba's I've been dealing with lately. But the, uh, now, folks, it doesn't hurt to laugh. It really doesn't. And, and, but that's what the family, family ought to be a place, yeah, we ought to have, we ought to have principles. We ought to have, you know, structure. We ought to have all of that. We ought to, you know, have schedule, and we ought to have time, and we ought to, you know, have uh, things that we do a certain way. 
but we ought to also enjoy each other. Just enjoy each other. So, folks that went to the couples retreat, we're going to keep talking about the bridge. <laughs> and if you weren't there, you missed it. <laughs> the bridge. That's all you're getting out of me the rest of my life. The bridge. And if you can't figure it out, we went to the Pickwick damn state park <laughs> and they wanted to know which bridge we were supposed to go over so all right listen I have no idea what this means to anybody but not what I'm I just felt like we need to just kind of regroup and and say we're a family yes my individual family is very important and I want yours to be very important but I want you to always feel that your family of God is not someone you, as Jesus said, that you've got to hate and leave. I want you to feel like your family of God is someone that you don't have to make that decision about because they're part of the family that's going the same direction with your family. So we all are one family. Amen? Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Lord, I, I pray that tonight that we would be strengthened in our desire to have the right kind of physical families, individual families. But, Lord, that we would see how important our individual families are, but how equally important the family of God is, for we are part of that family. We are of that family. And so that family must be important to God also and should be important to us. So, Father, I pray that we would look at our lives, our homes, our families, and make them stronger, and thereby helping to make the church family stronger. Please bless us tonight, Lord Jesus, as we just have a little time together as a family, a prayer time together as a family, just a few moments to thank you for our family. Maybe that's what we need to do, just not something to correct, but something to to thank you for. We have a family. A wonderful family. A loving family. A family that gets along. And we're as many of us as different as night and day. But we get along. And we love each other. So Father I pray that you do that. And, and Lord thank you that you sort of brought that clear in my mind. It's just a night to thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for your family that you allow my family to be a part of. Please bless us now as we have our few moments of invitation. Let's all stand and, and maybe we could do that. Maybe we could take some time as our family could take some time to, our individual families take some time to thank God for our church family, for God's family as she plays. <laughs>